one, uh, Sunday night mercifully ended rather quickly. So it's, it feels kind of early. We're caffeinated. Um, the game is, went over. I, there's always like this thing where like our model likes a team and you're like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that was the bears. And like, I do think there was probably like, I didn't have anything to do with seven and a half. I didn't have anything to do with eight at nine and a half. I did get involved. It's I will 10. say they're and plus three thirty. And I got lucky because, you know, we had teased LA like a bunch and then, uh, over hit, which was another play that green line liked. So it wasn't so bad. But man, man, yeah, this was this was a certain day. I think I counted, was it eight underdogs that won outright today? Four favorites covered up until I think the Rams did. Yeah. Um, we'll get into a, a lot of different things. This is the PFF forecast. We are live. We'll be going live every single Sunday right after Sunday Night Football. And we're not just going to cover what happened today in a quick way. We're going to get to week two because if you're betting on football games – and you're waiting till Sunday, generally you're going to get screwed in terms of the, the value that you're getting. So we're gonna guess uh, the lines. Case in point, by the way, when when you looked at, so when you looked at our, I mean, I guess our picks this week, which came out, what was that, Tuesday or Wednesday, are two, one, and one. Uh, the lock of the week was one and oh, so we were three, one, and one on those picks. We, we pushed the Jets, interestingly, right? Because the Jets pushed plus five. They could have gotten plus three and a half or better if they mm. would have made that two-point conversion. Um, felt like kind of a gift. Um, we had we hit all of our teasers in the May article that we wrote, but we did not hit Buffalo minus six. Detroit plus seven and a half. Detroit did cover eight and a half or better. And then Kansas City minus five and a half. So, um, But we did get good line value on most of those. I hope everyone out there got good line value. Yeah. This is going to be a zero yawn show, unlike Sunday Night Football. And we're going to start with, um, we're going to do biggest takeaway. We're going to do, or uh, we'll talk about the Sunday Night game a little bit. Biggest takeaway, the overreaction that people will have that they shouldn't. And then we're going to guess the lines for week two. So let's start with Sunday Night. And, and I'll kick it off because you know what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, this game, as much as everyone is going to talk about the Rams as a result of this game, this was a joke from the Bears. Like, you're, you, people are paying, you know, across the globe, millions and millions, billions of dollars for NFL football, and you gave us that travesty? Are you, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Andrew Dalton is not good. He, he is bad. Mm-hmm. And Justin Fields gives you hope. Like, at the end of the game, Chris was like, you know what? Andy Dalton didn't play that bad. Dude, you're down fucking 20. Uh, they had a fourth and 15, and they should have gone for it. And I turned around and looked at you, and I said, yeah, they should have gone for it. Andy Dalton has no fucking yeah, chance yeah, of yeah. picking up fourth and 15. He couldn't even get it to the, the line to gain. I actually agree with Chris that, Andy, that Dalton played fine for Andy Dalton. Like, he wasn't – it was actually, like, very similar. You remember that when the – Cowboys and the Ravens played like a Tuesday night game mm-hmm. last year and it was sort of the same thing where like Dalton has no business being out here he sucks out loud but it's not like he like threw a bunch of interceptions he played no. fine in this game the problem is is Dalton playing fine is not good enough for you to win and if you are actually and again like I I actually think like the Rams are beatable like the problem is you didn't give yourself a chance you know and like 
did you, did, the, did you watch this game tonight? And look, I'm not going to like shit on Dalton. Or sorry, on, uh, on Stafford. I thought he looked, Stafford made some throws Stafford that were played, amazing. played well. Um, but the idea that this Rams team is not beatable defensively, right? Like they didn't harass Dalton the way that we thought they were going to in the pass rush. They weren't great against the run. And their coverage wasn't like this, this stout group. And the Bears put forth in my opinion a pathetic a pathetic attempt to beat this team pathetic is the right word pathetic if you described Andy Dalton tonight it was pathetic yeah 4.5 average depth of target not a single big time throw that's it you're not going to beat the Los Angeles Rams whether you think they're overrated or not or underrated whatever it might be you're not going to beat them with that type of a quarterbacking performance yeah. and for everyone that says oh you know you shouldn't have put Justin Fields out there because Aaron Donald's going to wreck him Aaron Donald had didn't get a you know didn't have an incredible game he only had i think three pressures in that game finally got a sack there at the end um but it, that to me was the takeaway from this game. Is and, like the word that I used, I think, when I watched a play, it was like there was a red zone play, and I was like, oh, that's just flaccid as hell. Like that's how they they were just like they they just were not. It was just if if I'm a Bears fan, I come out of April extremely excited. And and I understand that there's some reservation to being a Bears fan where it's like fuck like what's you know what are we gonna do yep. but this is like the one and and look actually well i mean if you're a bears fan it's even worse in some ways because or maybe there's a silver lining in this but like every other team in your division was asked today i mean detroit at least i'll say this about detroit they fought they fought they fight and we said that they were they were gonna play hard they fought and, and, they fought over and jared well. goff i'll say this about jared goff in oh that no game. he sucked but <laughs> but at least he gave he at least he gave a shit whereas like you look at like uh, you know Minnesota just lost to fucking Cincinnati, and and hey, and the, the Packers Bengals. the Packers were, I mean that performance was pathetic, and like and we could talk. I mean Sean Payton like Sean Payton made the Hall of Fame twice today, did he not? I mean good lord, he did. But the but the Bears at least now I guess what you could say if you're a Bears fan is the moment that you. You win a week and you didn't give yourself a chance. They were the biggest. Well, ac after Detroit closes a bigger, Detroit and them closes about the same underdog to mm -hmm. uh, their opponent. You were the biggest underdog in week one and you came out of week one, luckily tied for first place in your division. Start Justin Fields already. Like, what's Justin the Fields point? better be in there next I, week. I, I don't get he it. He better fucking be in there next week. And I apologize for the strong language. I'm just excited for football. Um, yeah. Anyways, that that was that was my um, big kind of takeaway from this game. So I, it, maybe that was yours as well. Do you have a secondary one coming out of Sunday Night Football? Out of coming out of Sunday Night Football, I because you've had some strong. Like I really want you to talk about Stafford a little bit because because yeah. you've had some strong. Mm -hmm. We've had some really good conversations about Stafford. I think it's one of the most interesting conversations out there, which is like. Does Matt Stafford elevate the Rams offense to the point where, you know, and actually I'll bring it back to Justin Fields for a second while you, you think about what you're going to say. Justin Fields on the field allows you to do things that are creative and actually run those plays and, and make it exciting, make mm -hmm. the defense guess, right, with what he can do athletically. And that's the idea with the Rams. What Stafford can do with his arm, 
allows them to have more creativity and their offense to be better. Do you do you think that's true? That's one hundred percent true. I I still believe after watching tonight's game though that because Stafford has done this with every single new situation, right? Like when when Calvin Johnson retired, right? The first like twenty sixteen was the first year without Calvin Johnson, and they had eight come from behind wins and made the that was the last time they made the playoffs, I think, and it was like. It was again, it's like, oh, this rebirth of Matthew Stafford now that he insert narrative here, mm. right? And when Jim Bob Cooter took over for Lombard or Lombardi, it was the same thing. When, you know, his Stafford's first season in Detroit, it was like 40 something touchdowns mm. and, and a playoff berth for the Lions in 2011. And then when Daryl Bevel took over in 19, he was the one of the best passers in football for half a season. It almost always peters out, right? Like, and so did did we expect like I don't necessarily want to say we expected a great game tonight, but he played a great game tonight. And to me, the question is is how long can they sustain it? Because I, I I watch that Rams team tonight and I see that's a good quarterback, that's good offense. There's a ton of weapons, right? You are you had Deshaun Jackson, Van Jefferson also played well, and then you obviously have their two stud receivers in Woods and Cup. Offensive line's okay. Running backs, like they didn't really have a running game. That was actually a good thing about the Rams as far as like how productive they were without a ground game until the end. And then defensively, I still don't think that defense is going to be able to hold up against a real NFL offense. Should Who should be the favorite in the NFC West after today? Seattle, I think still. Okay, second? Uh, L.A., and then third, the Niners. I think that the issue with the Niners is what we talked about, which is they lost a defensive coordinator. They lo- the, is Shane, uh, Jason Verrett looks injured this he, week. He tore his ACL. I mean, poor yeah. guy. I mean, it's yeah. always something. With, and, and like, I just think that they're a little too fragile. The other thing, they drafted Brandon Ayuk in round one, and they prefer Trent Sherfield. Like, what are... are Please don't reopen the wound of Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> I, I don't. I had Brandon Ayuk and, uh, and people, Trace. People care about my fantasy teams. Yeah. I don't know if you know this. Raheem Mostert and Brandon Ayuk yeah. on the same team. Trey Sermon Brutal. inactive for some reason. Please feel bad for me. Uh, it, it, yeah, Trey Sermon inactive for some reason. I'm ripping up. Uh, I'm ripping up not only that but my Matt Ryan MVP ticket after one week. Um, yeah. So fuck. that is brutal. Um, okay. Let's do uh, biggest takeaway. I'll let you start your biggest takeaway from what we've seen so far of week one. My biggest takeaway is that so we had eight underdogs went out right, I believe. I have mm-hmm. to go back and check. I mean, at one point, uh, LA was LA uh, Chargers were favored, but they did close as dogs. Last year in week one, the Browns, who finished the season 11 and five, lost on opening day mm-hmm. the Colts who finished 11 and 5 lost on opening day the Dolphins who finished 10 and 6 lost on opening day um the Buccaneers were 11 and 5 lost on opening day mm-hmm. um and the Titans who finished 11 and 5 had that ugly ass Monday night game where they didn't cover and they won against Denver mm-hmm. the, the week one is important it's good to get off to a good start there's a lot of narrative like there's a lot of like testing of our theories that happens um i don't know if the die is cast on a lot of these teams um and and there's going to be for me there's going to be a rush to judge teams i was low on like the vikings Mm -hmm. like the washington football team like the colts um 
like the Titans, right? Like I called them the 2020 Minnesota Vikings, right? And they were every bit. Todd Downing, I think our Austin Gale put this out there. They ran play action less than any team in the NFL this week after being the play action Kings last mm -hmm. year. The Todd Downing thing is real. Um, and I, but at the same time, I'm going to, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt, which is wrong. If I'm going to look at what, how the jets played and say, look, they mostly suck today, but Zach Wilson showed a lot of gumption and getting back and covering one of the threads, not the closing line, but ultimately he made that game interesting. Good on him. Right. Or um the giants and say oh well that was you know teddy bridgewater's highest graded quarterback in the nfl he made some pretty game plays in that game uh let's let's not rush to judgment or green bay who got blown out today let's not rush to judgment on them like i think you have to be fair about who you rush to judgment on and i would say that probably the smartest thing to do is to not rush to judgment on any team except for jacksonville who lost to the houston texans so is that your biggest uh, takeaway? Yeah, yeah i mean <laughs> the jaguars suck well yeah, I, I, mean, <laughs> I don't think that's your biggest take. No, I mean, I, I the the biggest like, I, I think the 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 biggest take the thing that's most likely to be right from week one is it's going to be mo really hard, if not impossible, for a team in the AFC to consistently compete with Kansas City. Yeah. Like, I know Cleveland had turnovers, and I know that they they made mistakes, but for the most part, Cleveland manhandled Kansas City in the trenches for most of that game. Uh, Baker Mayfield played a fantastic football game. I think after this game, if he plays that way the whole season, they're going to just be difficult to beat. Um, they did it without OBJ. They did it without Jedrick Wills for most of the game. Now, Kansas City was down a few people. And Kevin Stefanski was basically flawless in game. And it still was like it still wasn't enough to beat Kansas City. And so, if you look across the landscape of the AFC, we're going to see the the Ra a wounded Ravens team to tonight Monday night. Saw the Bills fall pathetically, I think, to, to Pittsburgh. That was awful performance by them, especially by Josh Allen. I I think the most reliable thing is that the Chiefs are just, uh, you know. Who could have foreseen this? I, I have no idea. Not I. I could not have foreseen this. So, what, what, what's your takeaway from week one? Well, yeah. Um, I'll be, I'll try and be a little succinct here. So, I think, and I said this before, um, that the Browns are the biggest threat to the Chiefs in the AFC. And I think that was 100% validated in this game and in this week. Because, as you mentioned, the Bills, it didn't look great. Right for for Buffalo, Josh Allen um, really was a departure from what we saw last season. Right, that was not what we saw from he Josh Allen. He couldn't buy season. a he couldn't buy a pass in this no, game. No, it, it was a lot of inaccurate throws. The Browns are here's the here's the tricky thing with the Browns. They need Odell Beckham Jr. to be able to be out there winning in one on one coverage. When they had to throw the ball at the end of the game, you have checks notes anthony schwartz okay they needed to win the game right and they had to go to a guy who literally couldn't catch a cold out there in one-on-one -on -one coverage down the football field and you're just not gonna be able to win games like that like patrick mahomes is amazing he's also throwing to tyreek freaking hill <laughs> and travis kelsey like those two guys are absolutely incredible so the Browns are the biggest threat to the Chiefs. That is my 
my biggest takeaway. I think that was part of what you said there. I have a secondary takeaway, though, and that is that Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts are awesome. And I'm so happy to see Jalen Hurts play well in that game. He was um, one of the most accurate, we'll see after review, one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league this week per PFF's charting. Kyler Murray leading per review the entire league in big-time throws with six. Um, That is I I think the Murray one is going to be – I agree with you. I think the Murray one – is going to be a little bit more sustainable because when you look at Murray, you know, you're talking about an A dot of 8.8, right? Like the the shining thing about mm-hmm. Hertz was his A dot was 3.6. Yeah. They're very much and, and good I look, I think I think the Eagles suck. I thought the Eagles would suck. They manhandled the Falcons team that we thought would be better. It, it's a very interesting that Robert Salah and Arthur Smith went left their teams and it's clear that they were missed by their old teams right titans and niners but it's they did not make a positive influence on their new team uh quite yet um but 3.6 a dot i think if you're the eagles the hard part is that you have to play you you have to play from ahead in those games right and um Against the Falcons, you did because the Falcons stepped on their own dick in the red zone again and again and again like they always do early when they were controlling the game. And then when the Eagles got control of that game, I think Hurts is a fantastically effective quarterback when he when the team is in control of the game. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, um, I'll start with this one, which is the uh, overreaction that people are going to have tomorrow that they should not have, that is unwarranted. And there were a couple of places that I could go. I wanted to skew a little positive because I do think one of the takeaways is going to be that the Rams are a Super Bowl juggernaut. And I thought that was more about the Bears playing a quarterback that should be a backup firmly in the NFL. Um, and I'm going to say that people are going to overreact to the Green Bay Packers getting trounced. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that, the Green Bay Packers just suck in Florida. They got blown out by Tampa Bay last year um, in a very ugly game. Aaron Rodgers looked lost. Devontae Adams could not get uncovered. They also are a soft football team. Like, who beat them last year? Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is a tough-ass football team. Indianapolis. Indianapolis is a tough-ass football team. And when when there was weather conditions against the Vikings and – Aaron Rodgers' yards per throw went down one and a half yards or whatever it was in that game. What did the Vikings? The Vikings ran all over them, right? They are. I mean, the Saints. The Saints. I mean, Jameis put up five touchdowns, but the the actual thing about this game was that the Saints ran for one seventy one on them, right? And 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 only fifteen yards was the longest run, right? So they were just gashing them. I called their defense run defense gooey on the show this morning, and they were very much gooey today. Yeah, but I, I, you know, they didn't have David Bakhtiari. That's, it actually, their pass blocking grade was pretty decent pre-review. That really wasn't the major issue. Marshawn Lattimore was amazing. Um, He's going to end up with one of the highest coverage grades out there. Uh, Like, you know, was like white on rice out there. But the, this is something that I'm not going to overreact to. They were one for 10 on third downs. Um, That 
is something that's unstable. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that they will get it back on track. They've had um, offensive performances like this before. Yeah. Right. I'm not overreacting to the Green Bay Packers. I, I, what I, are you not overreacting to? I think to? just to double down on your point, it, for a team to physically manhandle another team like that who has a quarterback like that, you need a lot of things to go right. And the Saints had literally everything go right, much like Tampa did last year in Tampa. I, I very much agree with your point. Um, I... I think f- I'm, I want to skew positive too here, and, and again I'm gonna I'm gonna continue this. I I think that the Jets will still be a competitive team. Uh, when, our Jets, our Jets. I think when you look at Zach, and now they they, sh- they needed this win if you were gonna go over the season win total, yep. but um, but our guy Zach Wilson, 17th this week in PFF grade, 68.5. Um, he had three big time throws, three turnover worthy plays. He had five, they dropped five of his passes. There were plays where you could clearly see, like, he would, and they didn't give him a lot of help up front, mm-hmm. right? He would escape the pocket and he would throw a laser downfield. And, you know, early in the game, those weren't hitting. At the end of the game, they were hitting and they, they covered as a, they covered five and a half as a result or pushed five. Um, the Jets' defense actually wasn't that bad. They gave up a couple deep shots. Um, and when you look at the way that the AFC East is playing, like Buffalo, clearly not, you know, you know, we're talking about not overreacting, but Buffalo, we certainly have to take a little bit of a regressive approach to them. And the Dolphins Patriots game ended 17, 16. This isn't exactly a, 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 a division like the AFC West, where you have Herberts and cars and homes and, and Bridgewater was the highest graded quarterback in our system this week. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think, uh, to me, I think the Jets will still be competitive. I think that they're still going to be a team that um, has a shot to to play compelling games this year. It's a it's a take I don't have about the Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> that was comedic, by the way. That was really really funny. Um, something that was interesting, I, I thought um, about. Uh, I don't know why I thought of this. Oh, because you just mentioned the Buffalo Bills. The Steelers last year ran play action like 10% of their plays yeah, by far the lowest in the NFL. Astronomically low. They ran play action today on 29% of plays, um, which is just above average, but is a huge step in the right direction for them. And as you mentioned, interestingly, the Tennessee Titans ran play action on 11% of their plays. Now, of course, because Derrick Henry couldn't you know, run anywhere. So that must have been the reason. That they couldn't run. That was a remarkable, and and look, there was sharp money that came in on Arizona yeah, to push yeah. that number to my to two and a half. Congrats to those people. I I thought Tennessee was the better. Well, play. it was interesting. I, we talked about this on the show. My gut, because we had talked about Tennessee not being great, kind of fading Tennessee all off season. Yeah. And so when they came into that Arizona game, I was like, oh, this is gonna be great, I'm gonna fade Tennessee. And our model liked Tennessee over Arizona. I was like, well, I should probably flip on my gut reaction or my, my gut um, there. And, you know, the Cliff Kingsbury thing. Well, um, it was. It's tough, man. They, they That offense was heinous. I mean, it was. Chandler Jones disgusting. made it really tough. They, their offense, like, look, the fact that they were fragile, it was what we've talked about. I, I looked at Arizona being equally fragile, though. I looked at them, West Coast, East Coast, coming play at one o'clock. You look at their secondary, aside from Baker and, and Byron Murphy, like basically tattered, right? 
much like Tennessee, but Tennessee at least had like, you know, Janoris Jenkins and Kevin Byard and so on and so forth. So it was like, it was two teams that I thought were sort of equally yoked, I guess, as far as defensively, they were, they were both struggling in the secondary and, and this sort of maybe, you know, Chandler Jones ruined that offense for the Tennessee Titans. And you think to yourself, okay, well, what does that mean? Can a pass rush supersede coverage? I think if an offense isn't creative at all, which is what Tennessee was, yes, right? Like uh, Chandler Jones made it almost impossible for Tennessee to do anything. And Tennessee didn't do anything to challenge what was a very, what is still a very weak Arizona secondary. Yeah, if you're going to have A.J. Brown and Julio Jones on the field and you're going to target them, I believe they targeted them for the first time, like in the second quarter, I might yeah. be getting that slightly wrong, but it was a long time before either of them saw a ball come in their direction. Um, you're just doing it wrong, <laughs> like yeah. period. Yeah. So, but in that division right now, Houston's in first place at one and zero. All the other teams are zero and one. I think that we're. I think that today shows why Indianapolis is such a fade. I mean, Se Seattle's defense was getting a ton of pressure on Carson Wentz. We know that Seattle's defense isn't the real deal. So Indianapolis is still extremely fragile. Um, Tennessee probably still is the favorite in that division, yeah? I was trying to kind of think that through, I, I guess. Yeah, I mean. I, I guess. I'd be very interested to see what those odds look like. All those teams are absolutely atrocious. Carson Wentz, by the way, um, it was not terrible. Ugh. He didn't have any turnover-worthy plays, but he, like, only, he didn't have any big-time throws, right? Or he had yeah, it one. was like, a, oh man, I don't. It was an Andy Dalton-esque performance. Well, it was it was one of those where you look back, like let's say you're a humongous apologist, like there are tons of people are like that are like this for Kirk Cousins, and you look in the offense, the offense is is ass cheeks, and you come back and you're like, well, it wasn't his fault. What did he do wrong? And it's like, well. It's kind of the quarterback's fault when a lot of shit goes wrong. Like, if you take on too much pressure, sure, you can sort of write that off to the offensive line. But all the great quarterbacks overcome that more often than they don't, right? And I think that that was a, a problem for um, a problem for the, uh, the Indianapolis offense. All right, I want to make sure that you guys know. I reminded you a couple times, but I'm just going to remind you one more time. It is your final chance to get 30% off any PFF subscription, all PFF's locked article content, zero and hundred grades for every single player, college and pro, that will be up there right now when you're listening to this podcast. You can go get it for 30% off, plus all of our tools, our rankings. We have the best rankers in the business. They are always on top, but the second news breaks, you'll see the rankings and projections for fantasy players change. The player props tool, which uh, got us our lock of the week this week. Patrick Mahomes over two and a half passing touchdowns. You can get it for 30% off with promo code kickoff30, but it ends today. So go make it happen. Uh, also, Fantrax, um, a great place to host your league. If you're thinking about it for next year, go to Fantrax, Fantrax.com slash PFF. It's a great place to host your league. And if you use that promo code, you can get entered uh, for a chance to win a trip to a regular season game of your choice plus $6,000. So go make that happen. And of course, our friends at DraftKings. Week one, it may be over, but uh, the season is just getting started at DraftKings, the sports book, the official sports book and sports betting partner of the NFL. So to kick off week two, here's the deal. Use promo code PFF and get $200 in free bets instantly if you are a new customer when you bet $1 on any football game. It's very simple. So just go make that happen. Um, I repeat, use promo code PFF 
and get $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any week two football game. They offer a ton of really cool stuff as well. Same game parlays, which are a ton of fun. Obviously, daily fantasy contests, as you know. Um, and uh, they're giving all new customers a free shot at a million dollars in total prizes if you put in your first deposit. So go download the app, make it happen. Promo code PFF. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers with the ones that are eligible. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 1-800-9 with it. We're going to do week two guest lines before we do. But just a reminder, kickoff 30 ends today, Monday. Well, it's not quite Monday yet. But it ends on Monday. That's your last day to get 30% off on any PFF subscription. So that includes Edge, which you can get for $7, as low as $7. It gives you all the content. Uh, all of our premium locked content is yours, plus all of our fantasy rankings and projections um, and our power rankings tool. And if you get the elite subscription, um, you can get obviously all of the betting tools, the betting dashboard, green line, the player props tool. Uh, which cashed our lock of the week. And my favorite prop actually was Tyrod Taylor going over one and a half uh, passing touchdowns, which also cashed uh, DFS optimizer, all the things that you need to be successful throughout the season. Get it for 30% off now, kick off 30. It ends, your last chance, it ends on Monday. Okay, week two. We're on to week two, baby. Um, Feed me. So the way this works for anyone that is new, we guess what the lines are going to be to the next week's games before the games for that current week kick off. And then we go over them and talk about them and see who was closest. And that usually helps inform the picks that we are going to make. So we'll start with Thursday night, which is now a terrifying matchup between the New York Giants and that horrific offense and the Washington football team Certainly without um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, it looks like it'll be Taylor Heineke. Um, I will start. I said before, thinking that it would be with Ryan Fitzpatrick, that the Washington football team would be a four-point favorite. I I would guess that now, and again, I haven't seen any of the lines. I, I actually you know, did not bet. I had so much on week one that I did not literally did not want to put any on week two. So... Um, I have I would I would say three and a half. I still think Washington would lay is is a favorite. I don't think it's by I, I don't think it should be by a full four. I don't think um this line is out there. Let me see if I can find it. I, I do I do see place. it on Pinnacle, George. Four and a half? Yeah, no. Uh yeah. It minus four, minus one eleven on Pinnacle. Plus four is plus one oh one. They have reduced juice there. So essentially a four and a half. Total 42 and a half. Okay. So that's close. No, I, I think you nailed it. I can, can we, can we get down narrative street here for the Washington football team? Because it includes Terrell Heineke. The, the thing that I struggle with when I think about the playoff game against the Bucks was that everybody talked about how well Heineke played. And I think that's reasonable because he played amazing football. People don't people stop short because the Bucs won a Super Bowl of of pointing out the fact that the football team's defense, who played no one really good all season, gave up 500 yards and would have been like gave would have given up like 650 yards if Godwin would have not dropped six passes. 
today against the Los Angeles Chargers, they gave up 424 yards. They got bailed out. They got bailed out by the Herbert fumble through the end zone. Um, there were a couple like kind of sneaky, weird. There was another turnover in that game that kind of was, um, it, yeah, the Chargers turned the ball over twice. Now, this might not matter against Daniel Jones, but I think long term, maybe are we are we overrating the Washington football team defense just a little bit? Well, we know that defense is unstable. Yeah. So anyone that thought they were going to be immediately top five again, or even you know top three, whatever it is, you just are. You know, math is not on your side. I will say this: like they are a good defense. I don't know like yeah. that statement means that they're not go they're not going to be the reason that you lose a game. Right. They'll lose a game 20 to 16, which is what they did yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. The the key is that you've got to have an offense that has some creativity. The fact that they that the Washington football team did not get Taylor uh, <laughs> Taylor Heineke, uh Terry McLaurin the ball early and often was a huge just four targets for him just three targets for logan thomas probably their two best players on offense i mean it was a huge mistake um four four targets for diami it was not diami round season no he had the one catch for the they were two. up 16 to 13 and started trying to run out the clock and that was <laughs> pathetic um we've been using that I also, word a lot but but football to our standards there was a lot of patheticness today yeah i mean it'll be interesting you talked about how many underdogs covered this week um, and one outright. It'd be interesting to see how the lines this week change and if people are just all in uh, on the underdogs. By the way, I want to mention this. The New York football giants, Daniel Jones did not play well. Um, the The pass protection though, and people will blame the pass protection, was fine. It wasn't as bad as I think yeah. people want it to be. Um, this was, in my opinion, a little bit of a Jar Jason Garrett offense where you're like... Not a lot of creativity. Yeah, I not a lot of. Excitement. I kind of want to go through some of their like motions and shifts and stuff. Um, it was. It looked really stale. It looked uninspiring. Yes. Yeah. And no they coast. actually they're they're not they're not empty of playmakers, right? No. Like to throw out Saquon for a second. The number of times what? Saquon Barkley just ran into the yeah, line yeah, was yeah. unfortunate. Like Sterling Shepard had a good game today. Um, yep. Could, you saw Kadarius Tony. You saw Galladay the they're not bad and like unfortunately we've talked about this team too much already yeah, yeah. okay um <laughs> let's let's would move you on. take a four and a half with the giants on the road this is washington football team's final division game until the there are five weeks left in the season after which they have five straight divisional games they 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 need this like they need to breathe i am not taking the giants you're not taking game. the giants okay move on um the new england patriots so this is the 1 p.m slate Again, another loaded 1 p.m. slate. Only four 4 p.m. games. Um, Patriots at the Jets. You go first. Um, Patriots at the Jets. I'm going to say the Patriots are laying three. Yeah, laying three on the okay. road. I had the Jets as a four and a half point underdog. It appears that they are three and a half. So we're about there. I was going to say three and a half, but I said three. I would take the Jets there. Like, I mean, I know Belichick's going to do more to your rookie quarterback than Salah is probably going to do to your rookie quarterback. Jones played really well today. He had a PFF grade above 80. Mm -hmm. um, 
I mean, you Zach know, Wilson's going to We, had, we have had Miami a- on the money line in that in that game. Like, I feel lucky to have gotten that home. There was turnovers that were weird and shit like that. Um. Uh, anyway, yeah. I am. I mean, based on where I thought the line would be, I would be taking the Patriots. Um, I'm not taking the Jets. I'll say that. Okay. I'm not taking the Jets. Okay, so we're I'm we're, a Zach we're, Wilson, 0 for, we're 0 for 2. Let me put it this way. I'm a Zach Wilson believer. Uh, the Carolina Panthers defense is not near what I think Bill Belichick's defense is from a you've got to kind of figure it out perspective. They, 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 uh, they dodged a bullet with Mackay Becton. It does not look like it's a season-ending knee injury. Yeah, probably not, not playing this week. Tomorrow, or next week. Yeah, yeah, probably not playing next week. So, okay, so we're 0 for 2 on betting. Uh, uh, it, there's a lot more opportunity out there. Denver goes to Jacksonville. <laughs> um, I'll start this one off. I thought, uh, this was again before the game started, that Jacksonville would be a 5.5-point underdog. I'm going to say that that might be a little on the low end. What say you? Uh, Denver will be laying six and a half on the road. Okay. Um, it is, uh, six. Okay. Teddy covers. That's all Teddy does too. Are you, so Trevor Lawrence had three turnover worthy plays from a clean pocket today. The most in the NFL pre pending review. Are you completely out on the jack? No, there was the, there was the report that, um, Urban Myers unhinged. Unhinged already? That was before it came up before the game. I mean, I could see it. How long does he make it? Does he go Bobby Petrino? No, no. Is he looking for a if you've heard, heard Shad Khan talk about him, they he's gonna keep him around for a while. But um, but that wasn't but that is, wasn't is the, Teddy covering here? But that wasn't the Bobby Petrino thing. Bobby Petrino straight up like 12 weeks into his first year with Atlanta yeah, just couldn't couldn't got a new back. got a new college coaching job and left I think if urban is leaving it's to like like just peace out yeah, okay just go back to the Fox um booth. six is a lot man Denver is Denver loses Judy for a little bit it looks like although it sounds like he didn't break his ankle which is crazy and amazing um but they're deep at wide receiver Albert O made a play um, today, KJ Noah Hamler Fan- had one that was a yeah, touchdown yeah. that he just dropped. Noah Phantom Moose. Um, <laughs> like, I, I, there, I mean, uh, I could, I could lay six with it's a road dog, though. And so I, I'll give me a, get, the, I'll leave that one as a maybe. The first two okay. were no's because you, you were very against both of them, which I'm fine with. Um, this is a maybe. Okay. Maybe. Right. Maybe, baby. Uh, Buffalo goes to Miami. This is now an intriguing game. I have Miami as a two and a half point underdog at home. I think that's probably right. Okay. Uh, it is three. So Buffalo is still favored. A full three. All right. I might take Miami with that one, actually. Uh, I mean, this, in some what's places, Buffalo going to do with T? With, with, some against- places, three and a half. Okay, I would take Miami plus three and a half. What is Buffalo going to do defensively to Tua? Actually, I, I, I mean, did I did this work for uh, a, a friend ton. of ours today. Um, here, here's where here's what Buffalo did. Here's what Buffalo did uh, in the pass rush today. Okay, they had um, Jerry Hughes had three pressures. Evan Epinesa had one. Gregory Rousseau had two. 
at Oliver at one. And that to get it against a dog shit Pittsburgh offensive line. Big Ben was pressured nine of 38 dropbacks. Okay. Mm -hmm. The Dolphins don't have a great offensive line, but Tua, Tua was like, Tua wasn't great today, but he was aggressive and he he was like pretty accurate with the ball, I thought. And Devontae Parker is going to be joined and played a great game today. Was going to be joined in week two by Will Fuller, along with Jalen Waddle, who had a touchdown today. Give me Miami. I the Buff like if do we do we think Josh Allen is like if if today's Josh Allen here's the thing averaged with last year's Josh Allen. Here's the should, problem. I don't want to overreact to one week and Tua Tua got a victory, but played worse than Mac Jones did. From a, he certainly will grade lower uh, I, than he did. Yep. He made some. He is the typical Tua thing where he made some nice throws, but he also made some like, eh. And I don't think. Oh, he did have one big time throw, um, one turnover worthy play. Um, and and Buffalo can't start zero two. Yeah, but but let's handicap this game. Just even even thinking about what. Before, like I think that's why it's a three. Yeah, but before we knew anything be about honest. before we knew anything about this week. We had Miami as two-tenths of a point worse than the average team on a neutral field. We have Buffalo at one of our highest marks, 4.2 points better than the average team on a neutral field. So you're talking about 4.4 points of difference. Mm. You have home field advantage of, let's say, a point and a half. You're crossing three there. There's a lot of probability stacked on three. To me, even throwing the data from this week out of the window, you still have to, I think, take Miami at plus three and a half, wouldn't you? Three and a half, I get on board with three and a half. Okay, I, if I if three gets me <laughs> gets me to the window, then I'll do that. So I do see some three and a halfs out there. Um, by the way, so that's yeah. not out of uh, the question. It's three and a half on Pinnacle. You're paying up on you're paying up for Miami there, but I still would probably consider it. By the way, we use Pinnacle because they're generally the sharpest. Yeah, Bet Chris is another good one, but yeah, Pinnacle is. Um, okay, let's move on. My San Francisco 49ers, who did not cover today, the closing line at least, yeah. um, are traveling to Philly, where you would have expected another route. Yep. Maybe, maybe not as much. Um, what do you think this? Uh, this so they're going to Philly. Be? I think they're laying six and a half. Right, now, I, I expected them to be a little more convincing uh, against Detroit. I said eight. Eight. I also did not expect Philly to blow out Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. So I said eight and a half. I'm going to guess this is more like seven. What do you see on Pinnacle? Uh, I see three. Niners are laying a field goal at wait Philly. So we're just completely off here. Yeah, it's it's a juiced three. You got to lay. I mean, it's probably minus one twenty five. If you want to back, wait. Are Niners. you serious? Yes. I mean, I'm glad that I'm this far off because. Oh yeah, let's take the Niners. That was I will one. take the fucking Niners yeah. here. This All right, is so we have Miami plus three. So SF here, minus three. Here was one of the interesting things. Let, let's take a look at um, Jimmy Garoppolo today because. I actually thought Jimmy Garoppolo played played fine. I admittingly did not watch much of that game. Once the game got over the total, uh, I was uh, good to go. Um, so, I mean, I think their biggest issue, honestly, is going to be 
you know, their defense. Um, Grapple had 314 yards on 25 attempts. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty damn good efficiency. If you ask me, I have to throw out no plays, but, um, like, I didn't think it was that bad. I, I, their offense. I mean, they put up 41 points. There's nothing really to complain about. I, so uh, th- this is where there has to be some overreaction to Philly's performance. I mean, right? as much as we like the Falcons, we like them because of their offense. Their defense is an atrocity. Is, is ass. I, I think I think the issue, I, and, Phil, and look, Joe Banner wrote about it. He said that Philadelphia was going to win this division. They're currently in first place all by themselves. So who's Victory laughing? Line. Who's laughing now? Take it. But the Eagles physically dominated the, the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, I think I think they're going to have a much harder time doing so against the 49ers. Yeah. <laughs> you think? So, okay. So um, minus three is aggressive, uh, or plus three is aggressive. You take plus three with the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I, I think I think you're out to lunch. I don't. Man, I don't know. I I also believe San Francisco. They're in Detroit right now. I actually don't know this for sure. Do you know if they're staying out that way? Oh, sure. They usually um, do that. They usually do. The pandemic was interesting last year. They still did it last year, though. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I would I would guess they're staying out there. That, man, this is this to me is an opportunity. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go. We're going to play some bets on that immediately. Okay. Um, moving right along. The Los Angeles football Rams are traveling to Indianapolis to play the Colts. Um, I said, <laughs> I'm an idiot. I said the Colts would be a three-point underdog in this game before watching these teams play. Okay, so Rams, Colts. What do you think? I mean, it's not actually that dumb. I think the Rams will probably be laying two and a half. Okay, I see four. Um, okay. I don't see it on Pinnacle, but I saw four before Sunday Night Football. And is that just because Wentz? By the way, Seattle plus three was just a fucking disaster. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> that was incredible, man. I, I mean, you know what was funny? I was talking to um, our friend, uh, at whale underscore capper, yeah. Yeah. Dinsick, um, the whale capper podcast. Great Why, podcast. Well, this just isn't up because they played Sunday Night Football. Yeah. Okay. And um, he and Andy liked uh, Seattle minus three in um, the Circa Millions contest. And I was telling him, I was like, you know, if I had just seen that number, I would like it too. But because I've already seen Seattle yeah. plus three, I like don't like it as much. Yeah. And um, obviously it ended up, I mean, they, they trounced them. Um, this is, this is probably, I don't know, man. I like you, the only thing you can do here. Any, if you, the only thing you can do here in my bet is Los Angeles. Oh, really? Yeah. Carson Wentz minus. So, West Coast, East Coast, a little bit smaller rest. On you're calling Indy East Coast. That's very rich of you. Well, well, but I mean the time zone is the same. So um, rich of you. I look. I mean, uh, Detroit technically is East Coast. Yeah. Right? So, um. Four is just too much. Like, I, I think, 
I think it's an overreaction to both. If you're laying four with LA, you're buying literally at the top and selling True. Indy at that's, the bottom. That's a really fair point. I agree with that. This is and, not and not to not to bash on the Rams. I'm just saying like everybody ha everything has a price, and I just think you're paying a little too much for them. Yeah, I feel that. All right, Las Vegas. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take Indy. I there's too there's probably too many things on this board that have some value that I will not. Speaking of the Las Vegas Raiders, go to Pittsburgh. Uh, I said that uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers would be a three-and-a-half-point favorite. This is going to be a little short. Pittsburgh. I don't see this up anywhere, obviously. Yeah. Oh, no, I do. Pittsburgh's at home. Um, so the Ravens are four-point favorites in Las Vegas tonight. Yeah, I'm way so, off on this. So you're probably talking about eight point better, eight points better if you assume two point neutral. Let's let's assume a one and a half point home field, so seven points better. So Pittsburgh is probably two and a half points worse, so five add. So Pittsburgh's probably laying six, six and a half. Okay. Yeah, I'm way off on this. I obviously, expect I, I don't think loose. you can bet Pittsburgh on like Pittsburgh's not good enough offensively. Well, this shit. I so. I like the Raiders side of this. Yeah, I mean, um, especially given the uncertainty associated with tonight's game. I know this is going to shock people, but uh, I did not think that Pittsburgh won the game on the back, the new, newly slimmed and trimmed back of Ben Roethlisberger, um, who uh, did not grade well. He and Aaron Rodgers actually share the illustrious mark of pending review, the lowest PFF passing grade from a clean pocket. So that's something that I, I want to fade. This is exactly what my take was last year, actually, on the, the Steelers, which was their record doesn't match their passing efficiency. And that is, again, the case here. So six and a half, um, I think the Raiders are a buy. Now, are you nervous to buy them before you've seen them yet? Yeah. <laughs> like, the problem, the thing about the Raiders is they could come out of the gate playing two offenses that are extremely wounded right like the ravens as much as we don't think running backs matter that much having your fourth guy there is probably going to be a thing um their wide receivers are banged up offensive line is breaking in new starters again the only thing the ravens have going for them in this game which is a lot is greg roman calling a scheme for lamar jackson the most unique talent in football if some of that cracks a little bit, the, Raven, the, the the Raiders could have a really easy week one performance, right? Mm -hmm. Relative. And then they go to Pittsburgh in week two, and Pittsburgh's offense is nothing to like be all that. Like they scored 20, they scored 13 points. And one of them touchdowns was a block punt. So they scored one touchdown against the Buffalo defense isn't very good. Like the Raiders come out of the gate and actually look decent defensively for two weeks. And if Derek Carr does his end of the bargain, you know, pretty like a good opportunity for this team. I tend to think give me so. seven. I if, if you gave me seven, I'll take it. Okay, go hunt. The Cincinnati Bengals, who won this week, are playing the Chicago Bears, who did not win in Chicago. Dance for the Bengals go two and zero. What did you? What did it's you Andy think? Dalton revenge game? Do you think they would get? Take Andy Dalton out of the lineup for his revenge for Cincinnati. game. Cincinnati. Oh, that's right. He's definitely playing this fucking game. <laughs> oh my god, and he's gonna suck. Uh, what do you think the spread should be? 
uh, it's probably down because of uncertainty at quarterback as well as um, playing just now. Um, they go Bengals go to Chicago. Um, I think Chicago be laying three with Dalton. Okay. I said three and a half. And it is a juiced three. The Dalton minus Dal- three minus one twenty. Dalton um Dalton overshadowed the fact that the Bears defense was a bus fire in coverage mm-hmm. tonight. Last yeah. night. Whatever night we're it is last night. Yeah. Yeah. Um hmm. I really wish I could buy it. If Justin Fields were playing in this game, I would take the Bears. Yeah, of course. But like, that's, how much more? How much more uh, is Fields worth on the point spread than Dalton? To me, um, and I mean, just like, like, what do you? Because, th- because I think this I'd, is. I'd where, say two and a half to three points. Because this is where opportunity strikes, right? Because if you look at, if you go on uh, uh, kickoff thirty yes. from thirty you percent know, off. Uh, you can go to our power rankings tool, which has a point spread for every quarterback. The difference between Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield is three points, which doesn't seem like a lot, but it's an astronomical amount. So if you're looking for value in a league where they're, the edges are thin, because the betting market is not going to price that much of a difference. We have Andy Dalton as the worst quarterback in the NFL. He is worth 0.5 points to the point spread above a replacement quarterback. Uh, current rookies, Zach Wilson is two and a half. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, two and a half. Um, Mac Jones, two. Um, and there's some other guys below him. Two points doesn't seem like that much. And But if if we're right about fields, it won't be enough. And again, so that's where I think the betting markets are going to, if you're bullish on fields, underreact to his insertion in the lineup. Mm-hmm. And that's where you can buy. Um, I don't think it's going to be this week, but just yeah. to sort of like let folks know. And, and one of the reasons why that's so much is if you look at the distribution of where games end up, you go, oh, two points isn't a lot. Like, yeah. look at the where the games end up. Okay, yes. But take all the games and put them into a bucket and look at, where games end up crossing points in the point spread is worth in some cases a large percentage of games right if you cross three that's you know almost 10 percent of games right that you all of a sudden are getting as a victory for yourself and so that's a massive amount um when you think about you know betting against a spread obviously if you get 10 percent more of a chance to win um and that's what we're saying there houston cleveland in Cleveland. Obviously, I thought Houston was going to lose. <laughs> but that said, um, I think Cleveland should be favored by a lot. And so I said 14. Uh, 13 and a half. Um, I, is it here? 11 and a half. Yeah. So let's, well, let's go ahead and take Cleveland. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and take Cleveland after that. <laughs> I mean... I, look, this is a game that Cleveland totally steps on its own junk and loses in in a previous season. I I think Stefanski. I, I this is a classic chance to sort of look like Cleveland is smarting. I think uh, let, let, what if Cleveland would have started the game today the way they ended it 
and ended it the way they started. So they start with three turnovers. Yeah. They come back, and Baker plays amazingly, but they lose by four. I think there's a bad taste in our mouth because of how Cle- – because I look at that game, I think, shit, Cleveland did everything well in this mm-hmm. game. And then everybody's like, oh, they turned the ball over at the end. I'm like, oh, that stuff happens, right? Like that's a, that is, that's a crime of passion, mm-hmm. you know? Obviously, Houston, like, is not good. So I'll take this. Thank you very much. I'm yes. actually going to bet it right now. Yep. With you there. New Orleans, Carolina. Jameis Winston. Oh, my God. Five touchdown passes. Um, again, Giannis. I think. Yeah. I think um, there's probably the touchdown passes make it look a little better than it than it might have. But he threw an absolute dime. Um uh, I'm forgetting the guy that was deep on that throw. Was it Deontay Harris or something? Um, but they absolutely, I mean, he was he was fantastic. Um, go to Carolina. Carolina actually covered um, one of the few favorites that covered against the Jets, um, at least the closing line. I have the Carolina Panthers getting four and a half points in this game. Okay. Panthers are... The what do you home think team. Be? No, Panthers are getting two and a half. Okay. Uh it is three. Juiced a little bit. So if you if you want to lay Carolina, it's gonna be more. Okay. No, uh, it's it's uh it's New Orleans minus three, minus one thirteen on pinnacle. Yeah, yeah. So you want to lay three with 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 the Saints, you're gonna yeah, have to yeah. pay a price. Yeah. Okay. So we're we're kind of smacked up in the middle there. This is a classic. I think if you lay if you lay it with the Saints in this game, you're a square. I you're like just buying with the time. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Like because uh, again, we talked about this on the live show. We talked about it earlier. The Saints had a decided advantage in the trenches t- today, yesterday against Packers. They could still with the Panthers. Like the Panthers have the exact same problems that that uh, Green Bay has. They're weak on the offensive line, um, but. I think a lot of the secrets are out now. Like, I think, don't you think the Saints un- unloaded the chamber a little bit? A little bit. I mean, there's a distinct advantage. I- I'll say this. The Carolina Panthers won a game today against a much, much, much worse team yeah. than the New Orleans Saints won a game they against They also, today. dude, I Matt Rule punted on fourth and six yes. from the opponent's 33-yard line. I was... I, 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 a bananas. I, I can't bet on the Panthers, but I think if you lay it with the Saints here at anything more than two and a half, like more than two and a half, it's, it's, I just, I don't know if you can long term win that way. Road team coming off a big win, uh, divisional opponent, a lot of familiarity. Um, Panthers second straight home game. All the spot stuff is yep. like, don't bet the Saints. But the Which, Saints are probably decidedly better here. And and will be, I think, a popular pick by many yeah. people. All right, now to the 4 p.m. slate. And there are a lot of fucking games. Minnesota goes to Arizona. Kyler Murray, baby. I have the Cardinals favored by four points. Seems about right. The Arizona Cardinals are four and a half point favorites at home against the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. I think you should take the Vikings. I know. It sucks. I the, hate that. I, but I think you're right. <laughs> so so people talk about this though, interestingly, and I, I don't want to get belabor this too much, but this is an important point when you talk about betting. People always are like, oh, Zimmer's a covering machine, right? He covers all the time. And 
Zimmer and the Vikings are 0-8 their last eight games against the spread. They finished last year 0-7. They mm-hmm. won three of those yeah, games. That's a good These trend things are not real. Like, Belichick is literally the only one who has an extended cover streak. Even look at, like, uh, Andy Reid, who's been amazing in his career. Last season, what happened? Yep. I mean, 0-7. Yep. Right? Like, the market eventually prices these teams properly. In the Kirk Cousins era, the Vikings are 23-26-1 against the spread. Like, there is nothing – there's nothing too – so – Anybody who's like, oh, I'm just going to bet on Zimmer, he's X, Y, and Z. No. If you're going to bet this game, what you believe is Tennessee's terrible, Arizona had a game effort, and the Minnesota Vikings uh, have gotten out of the gate slow. Because I, I, I do think four and a half is too many. I The questions that I have are going to be, if Tennessee can't protect against Chandler Jones, then what the fuck do the Vikings have going for them when – they're starting with Shad Hill at left tackle as yeah. opposed to Christian Derrishaw, their preferred left tackle. No, it's a, it's a tricky spot for Minnesota. I mean, you know, they just played in almost five quarters. Yeah. No, um, exactly five quarters. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or, on, on, yeah. on the road. Um, they go on the road now in Arizona. Um, but I think it's, you know, Arizona had a big win against a potentially fraudulent team. They played, you know who ran the second most routes for them today? A.J. Green. That's not a recipe for success, okay? A.J. Green did not look good. Um, So I do think at four and a half, uh, I don't know if we could write that one up, but man, I do think that's the right side. I do too. It pains um, me. It pains every bone in my body. And Here's the problem. Here's the problem with backing Minnesota. I think they might have lost to a truly bad team today. I mean, somebody I can't remember who. It, That's a good point. When 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 Zach Taylor is out coaching you, you have to. Yeah. But look, maybe Zach Taylor is better than we thought because they did. I mean, the the Bengals did some woke shit today. Like they went for that fourth down on their own end. They didn't mm-hmm. make it. Right. Like there's a lot of they went for fourth down on their own end, up two touchdowns, and. Like good for them. I mean, they didn't make it, but like they did some pretty interesting. They went, they went for that fourth down at midfield. When I mean, think about it. we don't even talk about this when it works. But like, remember when the Colts went for fourth down against Houston mm-hmm. instead of punting and playing for a tie, and everybody was like, "Oh, these idiots! They cost themselves." The Bengals went for fourth and one on their side of the fifty with enough time for Minnesota to like take one shot and kick a field goal if they would have missed it. And not only did they not like try to run up the gut with Joe Mixon, they ran a deep shot to the tight end. Like, yeah, yeah. good for the Bengals. But the Bengals, like, my issue then is if Zach Taylor is running laps around you as a head coach, it, you might be done. That's bad. Atlanta goes to Tampa Bay. I have Tampa Bay favored by 13 and a half. <laughs> I actually did see this one, and you're right. <laughs> <laughs> The fucking Falcon. I, I was sitting here looking at this and going, 14, 14 and a half, 13 and a half. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, the, the I'll, I will say this, though. The Falcons will probably cover this number. Like, the hard part is, this is going to be the, this is the, this is. It's also juice towards Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean, the, this might close at 14. Yeah. And so don't bet it now. This is a, We're not writing up the Falcons. I'm just saying the frustrating thing with Atlanta here is they'll probably play the Bucks tough and lose. 
and and you'll be at two zero oh and two when you should have been at one and one because you faced a mm. a fairly easy team in your first matchup. Like that's going to be the frustrating thing with with Atlanta is that they'll probably play Tampa tough, but I, I think thirteen and a half is fair. By the way, not a lot of teasable lines uh, here, no. which kind of stinks. Um, the next one is Tennessee going to Seattle. So I did not see Tennessee getting their asses kicked. So I had Seattle as a three and a half point favorite at home um, to Tennessee. And I'm guessing I'm going to be a little short here. What do you think? So we have here the Titans at Seattle. Jeez. Um, Seattle never plays a normal game, blah, blah, blah. Uh, four and a half. Okay. I think we're going to be on the Titans again. The Titans are six point underdogs in Seattle. Yeah. 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 I just hate that so much. Uh, let it get to seven. Because it, <laughs> it will. Like So, no, let's not bet that now. Let it get to seven. Because that's probably right. It's probably right to back Tennessee here. Um, but let that number grow a little bit before you, you back it. Because you think they'll run some play action this week? I mean, I actually don't. I actually think that this... Oh, you don't? Well, what do you, maybe okay. I wouldn't... Quick question. What's the record that wins the AFC South? Uh, Seven, eight, and one? Yeah, it might be, it might be the <laughs> no, NFC East. Eight, 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 and one. Eight, eight, and one. Yeah. It might not be five above uh, yeah. 500. That would not surprise me at all. Um. Dallas Cowboys played the Los Angeles Chargers in a um, a sneaky, exciting, interesting, yeah, fun game. Uh, I feel like this is just going to be a first Chargers game. game with fans ever at their new stadium. Blah blah blah. Yeah, so I said uh, Chargers by two and a half. Yes, I agree with that. It is Chargers by three. I think you have to take Dallas. The I agree. The Chargers will find a way. So no Lyle Collins. Yeah. I think Zach Martin will be, we'll be back. back. Yeah. Um, but you know, I had COVID symptoms. So Yeah, it you sucks. Know, take that for like yeah, he might not you, be as good. You don't know. Yeah. Um Joey Bosa was the highest graded pass rusher this week um against the Washington football team. So Yeah, but the Cowboys can throw absolutely throw the ball, and um, and they will. Like it looks like they're kind of like not woke, but like they're they were really like we're gonna we're going to try to win this football game in in a few ways, but in so some ways they didn't do it. Here's it the thing, though, pisses me off. They're going to revert and try and run the ball because yeah. they think you need to run the ball to I win. I can't touch a charge. Like, Chargers games ATS are really tough, right? Because there's just a weird stuff happens. There was some Chargerian stuff that happened today, and Washington just wasn't good enough to take advantage of it. So let, let, let's let enjoy this game and not, and not bet it. Because okay. Cowboys plus three seems like the right side, but you're right. Like, okay. the Cowboys just have a ton of things that are, you know, not going for it's it. It's okay, because I have a game that I know I'm going to want to bet. Okay. All right. The Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday Night Football go to Baltimore. Um, I guarantee you that the line I think this should be, and I'm not being hyperbolic, is going to be higher than what it actually is. I think that the Kansas City Chiefs should be five-point favorites in Baltimore. I think they'll be three-and-a-half-point favorites in Baltimore. They are 
basically three. It's minus two and a half, yeah. minus 115. That was most, that was a pick em. So evolution of this line last year in week three of the 2020 season, they closed as three point, three and a half point underdogs in that game. Off season was a pick. Now, the biggest loss here is a former chief, Marcus Peters, but like the running back stuff is actually playing, like the accumulation of shit is yeah. playing. Orlando into Brown this. revenge game. By the way, Orlando Brown got his ass worked. That the Miles Patrick Garrett worked him over. Patrick Mahomes is pressured on 22 of 45 dropbacks. All of the Chiefs offensive linemen graded in the, in the 60s or worse. I think, weirdly, they did a good enough job, but not a good job. No, it was, you know, it was weird. And we didn't talk about the the Chiefs um, Cleveland game a ton. I mean, Patrick Mahomes was very good. There was too much watching that game that reminded me of the Super Bowl. Now, I know that sounds weird. Ultimately, the, the Bucs are, are a better team than the Browns were. But there was still a not quite, you know, he had, I think, one you know, really awesome throw, the Tyreek Hill throw. Yeah. Um, he had a really nice throw to Travis Kelsey. But the offensive line, I didn't get the sense that he felt super comfortable with them. And there was still also a clear lack of a third option. Uh, well, the 17 of the 27 Mahomes completions went to two guys. Yeah. So so you're 100% right there. Uh, I, I saw a little bit of this in the preseason too where – Pat would Pat would drop back and almost immediately scurry forward and try to find that like pseudo running lane. You know how he yep. was he does that weird thing where he steps he he runs up in the pocket and kind of weasels his way past in between the guard and the tackle to throw. It's usually effective. I always thought Tampa did a great job of having their linebacker level it was just so fast and the, and they they did such a great job of being able to stop the run with four that white and levante david one of those guys could leave their mm -hmm. responsibility and some of this comes down to the chiefs not having a third option leaving the responsibility and coming and getting mahomes the linebackers for cleveland that was the one place where they really have not made any sort of progress in the sort of andrew barry era and it, it showed today but it just shows you how like thin the margin is to beat Mahomes by a couple scores, right? Which is you have to play that well. You have to not make mistakes on your own. And you have to prevent Kansas City from taking shots across your face, which is what they did, right? Like the deep ball, mm -hmm. the Kel uh, deep ball them um, to Tyree kill and the, and the, um, the Kelsey touchdowns and so forth. But you're right. I, it, it is interesting. Do you think the Ravens have the horses defensively, to combat to do anything reasonable because the the ravens approach defense fundamentally different than all these teams that have given the chiefs fits no <laughs> like i i just don't um yeah so this is one for me that i yeah you lay it with kansas city i'm laying it with kansas city do we know that that what the number is right now three uh two i see two and a juice two and a half all right well that's a bet um the 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 Ravens are marginally worse defensively than they were when they met last year, and I I still think unless they make adjustments, they just will always have a difficult time matching up against Kansas City because they try to beat you with man coverage on the back end and scheming pressure through 
playing good man coverage. Chiefs are extremely difficult to play man coverage against. And instead of having Judon, and instead of having Ngakwe, well, they didn't have an Ngakwe last year, but instead of having Judon and a couple role players behind him, they're basically treating the edge position this year with role players. Bowser, uh, Justin Houston, Pernell McPhee, yep. and the rookie Adafa away of Penn State. So I think this is a game where the this is a matchup, and football is a matchup game. This is a matchup that favors Kansas City pretty heavily, I think. The Monday Night Football game is Detroit at Green Bay. Um, I think that the Green Bay Packers should be 13.5-point favorites. I mean, they won't be, right, because of the overreaction. Yeah, the markets look at Detroit as a, a playing hard, and the Packers is looking like shit. Um, let's go with 11 and a half. 10 and a half. Can I interest you? I, yes, of course you can. I, I will take Green Bay. Um, not a Wong teaser. It's not. No, no, just, he's, just he's lay it with Green Bay. Through, if you, yeah, teasing through 10 and 6 is not can, quite, can we, quite as nice. It's better if you do it from the other side. It, it, it's not even though like the thing is teasers require so if you and right now it's hard to buy a teaser for bet for 110 so 120 is widely available usually yep. um to make a 120 teaser work you need a 74 percent win chance on both sides. both sides and so the problem is is if you're teasing through point through not seven and not three like most you're getting is about 2% each. So like 12%. If you go down to like from 74 each, right? 74 each, and you're only getting like, you know, 12% through one, then like you need, you already need that side to cover 62%. Yeah. If you have a side that you think is going to cover 62%, 62 just, like, bet, just bet the shit out of it. Yeah. Like to me, the, the, the Wong teaser thing works because three is worth, like eight to nine percent depending upon the total and seven is worth four or five percent depending on the total and so you, you get close you, to 20 percent exactly yep um yes i think the steel or i think the green bay packers are the spot look if you if you believe that aaron Rodgers is going to be shitty this season then may god bless you i'll but pay like, you to see it again yes and detroit was game against jimmy garoppolo in green bay and they and they weren't though like they they lost they hey they came through the back door they yeah. lost a home game to Jimmy Garoppolo Elijah Mitchell is a workhorse um, yes give me Green Bay here I like the uh, I like fading that narrative okay this was a fantastic kickoff to uh, the 2021 NFL football season speaking of kickoff kickoff 30 is the promo code you can see all of um, the PFF projections our power rankings tool um, our prop uh, player props tool all of our written content um for 30 percent off but you can only do it for one more day so go make it happen yawn free i think we did it yeah thanks to all that uh came out uh to watch with us on periscope on youtube all that great stuff our article um, will be out in the morning <laughs> so you can go I, I, what do you that. do do you you are not a eater in the middle of the night i can't imagine no i force myself not to yeah see like for me i might need like oh, a bowl of snack a bowl of soup Oh, you're going to do a bowl of soup. A, a soup is my favorite. 
So you don't know this about me. I I've do know this about you. I know so you love soup. soup. Soup is my favorite food. You know how I know this about you? You've told me 15 times. God damn it. Don't tell me See, I don't this know is, this, this about is how, you. This is how you know, I'm, and I'm wearing it right now. This is how you know I'm becoming an old fuddy because you're like one of my best friends and I've told you this 15 times yeah. and I pretend like I've never said it to you. Or You're, I, you're the guy in the, in the commercial who's oh, becoming your parents. I, Oh no! I wouldn't do that to you. I love you too much. I love you too much for that. What kind of soup are you going with tonight? Ah, chicken noodle. Chicken Chicken noodle. See, here's the thing about soup. Soup is basically drinking water. Kind of. As long as it's not like you know cream of mushroom or whatever. In which case, you're just drinking cream. But like that's that's fine. Another thing that I think is a great late night snack is like little cereal, little almond milk, something like that. But I force Cereal's myself not filler, to. though. I force myself not yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean. I'm water. water. That's what I do. Be like water. Love Be you guys. Like me. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We'll be back on Wednesday night. Love y'all.